It's always interesting starting a podcast out, especially if you're starting it out alone. I know I've done quite a few podcasts with the co-host, but I've only done a few alone and really doesn't make that much of a difference, but it's always something that I overthink. And there's sometimes even a couple minutes into the podcast when I'm talking, even with my notes to help assist me to keep me talking if my mind ever gets scattered and I forget what I'm talking about, which happens very often. I'm very, if anybody who knows me, I'm very capable or susceptible would be the uh, better word of going off into different tangents and then forgetting where I even was talking about in the first place. But there's so many times where I'm in a podcast and it's just beginning and I'm wondering, is this even going to make 30 minutes? But before I know it, I'm looking up and I'm seeing that it's coming close to an hour and I'm like, yes, but also this went way longer than I thought it was about to go. So I want to try to cut it short maybe time to start wrapping it up but usually by that point i'm flowing and i'm flowing and i'm flowing and i'm just not ready to stop talking even though i don't want to bore you guys or have your eyes or your ears glaze over i don't know how your ears will glaze over but today is definitely not going to be one of those episodes and you'd be lying if you say you don't like to talk now you may not want to go out of your way to talk, but everybody has something that they're passionate to talk about. And if you're passionate about something, you will talk and talk and talk about that. And today, I don't just want to talk about us talking, but I also want to talk about who's talking to us, what's talking to us. So once again, put on your spiritual scuba diving gear. I really, I really don't really like that saying, honestly, but It's just the only thing I can think of when it comes to diving deep. Gotta be prepared. So, just get prepared. Whatever you would do to get prepared to dive deep. Because we're about to dive deep. This is Amani Akins, and this is another episode of the Deeper Waters Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Deeper Waters Podcast. And I am very 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 excited about this episode i wish i could say i know what the results of this podcast is but i still have not even released the first episode at the time of this recording and really if i'm being honest i released this podcast way earlier than i wanted to release it i'm the type of person who I've made content a lot in the year, the past years, maybe not successful content. I've done things from stop motion, had a really crazy, wacky skit channel where I did a bunch of little crazy skits. And I've also done different planning for books and different other planning things. For example, I had an internship for marketing. But one thing about me, when I just knowing how life tends to be i like to have a big stock about like 40 years worth of stock before i even release one thing just in case just in case i might just get burnt out i like to just have that big old stock that i can rely on and i could even have a podcast or something going on well before uh well after i'm done i'll have five years of content Still playing, even though I've done been done with the podcast for five, ten years. That's just the type of person I am. I just like to be that prepared for stuff and have no real issues. But I kind of got the release to release this podcast early. And this podcast, especially that first episode that came out. So I have no idea what the analytics are, but I'm sure they're great. But it's interesting as you begin to walk with the Lord. I know, especially for me, as I've been truly being radically obedient in those little things even those little things that you don't want to listen to i know sometimes i've started to realize a lot of the times we want to hear the voice of god but most of the time we don't actually want to hear what he says one prime example look at moses at the burning bush we want that burning bush moment 
oh God, appear to me by fire. Oh God, appear to me like smoke. Oh God, just speak so loud and audibly and boom through my speakers or boom through my room through the night or maybe not night because, you know, that might be a little bit weird. That's probably why a lot of angels are like, fear not. That's a little strange. But even then, we still kind of want that big, miraculous, spectacular experience. But then when God actually got to talking and he took his slippers off and I'm on holy ground. And then God starts to tell him a little bit of stuff. And he's like, hold on, God. I don't think I could do that. I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want to speak. You know, you know what type of people you're dealing with. Like these are the same peoples who were willing to wrap me out, even though I was trying to help them. You know, those Israelites, the Israelites were pretty crazy. Even though they were God's chosen people, they were pretty crazy. That's part of the reason why he ran away in the first place. But how many times can we be like that? When God is trying to speak to us, because he can speak to us directly. He can speak to us in a still small voice. A lot of times he can speak to us through circumstances. He can speak to us through different people, even. Even some people that you would never expect, God can use them to speak to you. And I know most of the time it's something that I don't want to hear, but I know, (laughs) I just know it's for me. So today, I don't just want to talk about hearing God's voice, but I just want to talk about what all do we hear on a daily basis? Who is talking? And then also, I want to go into what we talk about as well as far as hearing who's talking, knowing who's talking, and then knowing what we're going to talk about and when it's time to talk. And also just recognizing what kind of voices that we're hearing and what kind of voices that we are projecting. So the goal is to try to get this all in one episode. But if I'm being honest and I hit every point into the detail that I want to hit it in for this episode and maybe these episodes, it's going to be pretty hard to get it under an hour. And you guys will just have to let me know if you guys prefer things longer than an hour. And I think it's good to expand your listening capacities I think as you begin to do the different productivity concepts, such as dopamine detoxing, meaning to get rid of entertainment for portions of time. So you can almost like when you get rid of soda for a portion of time or you get rid of a certain food item that's really sugary or sugar for a long time. And then you eat it again after about a month. Then it's like, oh, wow, this is too much. But then you're also able to enjoy something like a carrot. I know personally for me. There was a time when I was a kid and somebody was like, you know, carrots are sweet, right? And I'm like, carrots are not sweet. Like those are definitely, they taste like nothing. They, they don't really taste like anything. But sure enough, after not eating sugar for a little bit, and then I tasted a carrot, I was like, oh, this does have a little bit of hint of sugar. And that's what a lot of things that are in life are like. A lot of things that God designed, they're... Not all, not everything is super subtle, but there's a lot of things that are made to a certain degree and a certain intensity. But since we love to be overstimulated, we just tend to overlook. God speaks all the time. If you think God only will speak to you or anything for that matter, but if you think God will only speak to you only in certain moments or in certain services, or if you have a burning bush moment, that's the only time he'll ever speak to you. You're wrong, God can speak all the time. Now, it may not be an audible word, but he can get a message to you at any time. He works through speaking. He can show you different signs and wonders. He can speak through different people. He can speak through his angels. And it may not be, like I said, a big, huge, booming voice all the time. I know very few people ever hear that all the time, but Nonetheless, God is always speaking. But going back into the main topic for today, I want to give a preference. So if I could categorize the different voices in our lives, I would give three main categories. For one, I would say there's the personal voices. That's us and our whole entire being. That's our flesh. That's our heart. That's our spirit. That's all that. Just us. 
anything related to us and that we're surrounded with every day because it's part of our being. And then there's godly voices. And technically, you can really say it's not always per se God that's speaking, but the Holy Spirit is still speaking through them. So it's still God. So that could be the audible voice of God. It could be still a small voice. It can be the Holy Spirit, obviously, putting an impression on your heart. It could even be through an angel, seen, unseen. God could get that message to you in a lot of different ways. But I would just categorize this as godly voices. But then there's also demonic voices. So, you know, that could be anything between a demon, fallen angel, anything like that, or anything that's just influenced by that. So, what I, when I was talking about godly voices, I'm not saying that not every angel is from God. Let me just put it that way. Not every messenger you, you may see have some big old spiritual experience, but the Bible is very adamant about not following worshiping angels. For one, angels should, angels of God don't want to be worshiped for one, but two, it even talks about even if you see some big old spiritual angel, some spiritual being come to you and give you some sort of supposed revelation to check that with the word of God. Cause if it goes against that, it's wrong. It's just simply wrong. That's all there is to it. But yes, these demonic voices, they may tell a fact, but they never, they will never tell the truth. I'll say that again. They may tell you a fact, but they will never tell you the truth. They're here to tempt. They're here to afflict. They're here to work witchcraft and strife. They're here. And ultimately, their goal is to possess or at the minimum oppress somebody. That's what demonic powers are here to do. So, like I said, three main categories that I want to cover personal, godly, and the demonic. Now, I'm. If I'm honest, I'm not going to go too much in depth about the demonic in this series. I do plan on talking, covering some of that, but I want to focus a lot on us and more importantly on God, because I think it's very easy and I don't think it really takes much to know what is demonic. There's a lot of times almost everybody can say that they've had some sort of evil experience not necessarily that they caused but the devil's always working but something within us always wants to doubt if there's something with god and also there's so many times that we blame the devil for something that he didn't even necessarily do because it was us now he may have tempted us like i said his goal was to get us somewhere but he can't force us to do anything and god won't force you to do anything either so before i even get on any other type of voice i want to talk about us and who we are and how he even created us so when we read in genesis 1 and 2 we could start there just to see how did god design us what are we who are we and what are we so starting with genesis 1 and 26 it says and god said let us make man in our image now it's very easy for me to go into a tangent here about who is us. This is the heavenly host. But anyways, going and staying on the topic. First, first Genesis, Genesis one and 26 says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and in the image of God, he created him, he, him male and female. He created he, them and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth on the earth. So right here, this tells us a little bit about creation, but we see a little bit more about creation in Genesis chapter two. So in Genesis chapter two, we could just pick up from verse one. 
So it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. Remember how I was talking about hosts earlier? And that's part of what I was talking about. So, verse 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it because in that he'd rested from all his work, which God hath created and made. And these are the generations of the heaven and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And he planted of, of the field before it was in the earth, every herb and every every herb of the field before it grew for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground but there went up a mist from the earth and it watered the whole face of the ground and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground now pay attention to this so I think it was important that I read the beginning of chapter two. So you could see, so the earth operated just a little bit differently back then. It watered and there was no rain as we heard and mist came out from out of the ground. And then in verse seven, it tells us how man was formed. This is on the, we already talked about this day that man was created, but this gives us insight about when God created the man. So verse seven says, and the Lord God formed man in the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became the living soul. So from these two chapters, we get a few things. We get the day that God created the man or man in general, mankind. We get man's purpose. So different things that God instilled within us. So he instilled with us to take dominion. He instilled us in us to subdue the earth, specifically the earth. And he also put it within us something that makes us want to be fruitful and multiply. In other words, make other people be create generations. This is natural functions that God put within us. Another thing it's important to realize is that our body was formed from the dust of the ground and the combination from the dust of the ground and the breath and the spirit of God together created man and together that became a soul almost like a peanut butter jelly sandwich we have the earth and we have God come together and that created man so his breath dirt us pretty simple but just to break that down just a little bit further, we notice that we have three different parts to us. So as I mentioned, there's the spirit of a man. Now, I want to preface this and I'll cover the soul later, but there is a difference between your spirit and your soul. And the only one verse that really highlights that is Hebrews 4 and 12, because it says, the word of the Lord is like a two-edged sword, and it divides between the soul and the spirit. So, the word of God will help you to discern the difference between the spirit and your soul. So, what is your spirit? I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit here, but the spirit that God gave you, because everybody has this. I would say that this is, for one, your life, because when he breathed it into you, that's when life began. It's your conscience, not your mind, but your conscience, your moral compass it bears witness to God. And we'll go a little bit more into that in a second. This is the place where conviction begins. And this doesn't just apply to Christians, but this applies to all people. This is the place where we get our moral compass from. For example, in Romans 2, 14 through 16, we see this. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts 
the mean while accusing else else excusing one another in the day that when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to the gospel. So right here we see that we have the law within our conscience and it also is written upon our hearts naturally. That's how we are created. But it also can be seared in first Timothy four and first Timothy four and two describes that. And then we also have our flesh. So we just talked about the spirit, which came from God. And we also have the flesh, which came from earth. We live in flesh, but we do not live by flesh. If I could describe flesh from my understanding, I would say this isn't even necessarily your heart or your mind. But I would say this is your feeling and your senses. This is what tunes you into this world. It's a part of the Bible where it talks about we are terrestrial beings, a.k.a. world beings. We live in the world versus angels and all these other spiritual beings. They are celestial. That's in the Bible. So we, this is this earth suit, should I call it? This is what tunes us into the world. So I wouldn't even necessarily say it's just your feelings. God has feelings. Different spirits can have feelings. But it's different when you're tuned into the world and wrapped up in flesh. So I would say these are feelings, senses, and impulses. Not feeling in the sense of feeling like emotion, but feeling as in literal feeling, as in one of the senses. For example, one of these impulses in your body is the belly. Philippians 4, Philippians 3, I'm sorry, 18 through 19 says the following. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, whose who mind earthly things. So right here we see that your belly can become your God. You can be glutton. You can be a glutton, but not just the glutton. You can be led by different other impulses of your flesh. You can be led by lust. You could be led by a lot of different things within your body. So it's important not to live by it. Now, obviously we have to eat at some point. And if you get married, you're supposed to be fruitful from and multiply. That's a command from God. But you have to do it in the order that God created it. Another thing about your flesh, it's it can inherit things. And you can inherit iniquity even. You can inherit you can inherit a disease. You can inherit an addiction. There's babies that inherit different drug addictions. And we even see from different generational curses that you can even inherit different desires. And perhaps these different struggles, it's very fair to say, perhaps you were born that way. Your flesh can carry these different things. Your flesh has different, what I would call dusty lusts. We, our flesh is literal dust. That's what's flying around in a room. It's coming from our flesh. <laughs> these are natural impulses, but we have different natural impulses from this flesh, but it can be overstimulated or used in the wrong manner. That's the point of temptation is to get us to overstimulate what is already natural within us without, out of its proper order. And that's where sin comes from. And it gets stronger as you feed into it. As you feed into these impulses, it will never get satisfied. But as you feed it, it gets stronger. You don't just feed it food, but you can feed it different other things. You can feed into lust and different other desires of the flesh, but it will never be satisfied. But one important thing, and this is the most important thing you need to know about your flesh. Everybody has it. Every person has it. But this will deliver some of you right now. You are not your flesh. I am not my flesh. You could say that with me real quick. I am not my flesh. Your flesh is simply a vessel that is destined to die. Your flesh will not go to heaven. Your flesh will not go to hell. If you are quickened, in the rapture, which is another subject, I'm not going to talk about 
pre-trip, post-trip right now, any of that, I think the Bible is very clear on that, but that's not what I'm even talking about. But even when it talks about the quickening of the body, it talks about the quickening of your spirit. Your flesh is not coming with you. Your flesh is destined to die. It is simply a vessel. And Jesus even proved that you are not your flesh. Jesus was tempted, but he did not give into his flesh once. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become righteousness through him. So it's possible to be in this flesh and not to give into a single impulse out of or in a single temptation, because you're going to have different things that you're, like I said, you're going to have to eat. You're going to have to do some different things for your body, but you do not live by the different temptations and the different impulses because you're going to get all sorts of different impulses, but you don't have not have to live by it. You are not your flesh. Say it with me one more time. I am not my flesh. And then this is another important part. Your soul. As I mentioned earlier, there is a difference between the spirit and the soul. I would say that this is the battleground. So, as we mentioned earlier, Hebrews 4 and 12 tells us the word of God is able to pierce between the joint and the marrow and the soul and the spirit. Your soul is where this battleground is for. Satan's fighting for your soul, but God's also fighting for your soul. It is affected both by your flesh and by the spirit. I would say your soul is from your heart, your emotions. This is the feelings that I was talking about that is more emotional and your intentions. Your heart can be changed. It can be influenced by spirits. Notice I didn't just say by the Holy Spirit. It can be influenced by spirits. It can even be influenced by other human spirits. Your heart is not entirely evil, but it can be deceitful. So your heart can be doing good things, but it is very important that you're not led by your heart. If you are led by your heart, it will be very easy to confuse sensuality for spirituality. Your heart is just emotion and feeling. And scientifically, really, I remember I was watching a video about this, but scientifically, you can really overcome some different feelings within 90 seconds. 90 seconds is all it takes to overcome a feeling. Now, if you keep thinking on that feeling, then you probably aren't going to overcome it. But it just takes 90 seconds to overcome those feelings. So it's important not to live by our feelings. But our feelings and our hearts can be changed by God. God can harden our hearts. He can soften our hearts. And our hearts can our hearts speak to us, obviously. We know our different emotions when we get filled with anger or we get filled with love and different other emotions. It's not always bad. It's just important not to live by it. Another part I would even venture to say is our mind, our reasoning. This can either be, once again, spiritual or carnal. I think it's really interesting when you just look at the different language that is used with the mind. It says oftentimes in the New Testament, you can have a carnal mind or you can have a spiritual mind. So it is affected both by your flesh or by the spirit. Now, there is a time for logic, but you must be led by spiritual logic. You must be led by specifically the Holy Spirit. You must be led by God himself, Jesus. That is the logic that you must use. But like I said, that's not just going off of your mind. That's not just going off of your reasoning, but that is being spirit led. When you are spirit led, your mind and your reasoning will be after God. Your heart. I'm so sorry about that alarm. Your mind. And your heart will follow after God if you're spirit-led. God will change your heart. He will change your mind. Another thing about your mind is that it can be broken. You can be given over into a reprobate mind. Your mind cannot think right. You can have reasoning and logic that is stupid. And there's an episode on another podcast, the Men of Valor podcast, with my brother Henry Flores. And I talked a bit about the different types of wisdom. So that would be some different things that are going on in your mind. You can be led by the spirit of God. You can be led by the wisdom of man, which is really similar to the wisdom that descends from out of the earth, which is sensual and devilish. So as we said, 
don't be led by carnal carnality or you'll be led by sensuality with sensuality is very easy to be led by the devil because you'll be given into impulses and if you give into impulses then if you give into every impulse then you will give into temptation and if you give into temptation you will fall into the trap of the devil so i really hope that i'm not saying too much too fast and i'm about to pull out quite a bit of scripture to back up some different stuff that i'm going to talk about but i think the most important part of your soul to talk about is your free will. You have the choice of what you listen to and you have the choice of what you surrender to. So I talked about how the soul is like a battleground of the spirit and of the flesh and Romans seven 13 through 25 describe this battle in depth. And some of you may know this very well. I know I, I, I just love the book of Romans. Romans really sets a lot of things straight. And, you know, if you're struggling with sin, I would recommend reading and meditating on the book of Romans because it will help bring you out. It will deliver you. But as I talked about earlier, <laughs> before I even start reading this, the word is the best thing you can read. Any part of it, really. This is where the converting of the soul happens. So, like I said, if you're struggling with sin, any kind of sin, any kind of sin, or you even struggle with watching people sin, because <laughs> if you find entertainment in other people's sin, that's just as bad as doing the sin yourself. So if you struggle with sin or being entertained by sin, then I recommend you meditate on Romans because your heart, your mind can be converted from that. It can't be changed from that. So picking up, talking about free will, your free will and this battle that comes on in the over the soul, picking up in Romans chapter seven, and we'll be reading from verse 13 through 25. So picking up in verse 13, it says, was then that which is good made death unto me god forbid but sin that it might appear sin worketh death in me by that which is good that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful for we know that the law is spiritual but i am carnal sold under sin for that which i do do i allow not I'm sorry, let me reread this. This is in the King James. For that which I do, do I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But that what I hate, that I do. So there's certain, this is just saying that if you have an intention to do something and you would want to do it, but you just, for some reason, you just don't do it. Or there's something that you just really just don't want to do, but you do it anyway. That's basically what it's saying in King James English. And verse 16 says this. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. There's nothing good about your flesh. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not do, that I end up doing. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity into the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So. Right here, it just describes that struggle over your soul. 
you might have desires to do good things and beyond good things because there's different quote unquote good things that you think you can do and not have God. I'm a good person because I give to charity and stuff like that. But it's important that that good thing is for God and through God, because if it's not through that, even though you may have knowledge of good and evil, if it's not knowledge that comes from God, you're not doing true good. But even if you have the desire, you have the desire to do good and you have the desire to serve God and you have a desire to do a ministry and all that stuff, you still will always have a struggle. Now, you don't have to struggle with the same thing and you don't have to fall all the time. You should not be falling into the same sin for your whole life. That is not what I'm saying here. But there will always be something there to tempt you because you will always have flesh. But the thing is, you have something that can overcome that. Now, I also think it's good to notice that it says the inward man. So in verse 23, it says that or verse 22, it says, for I delight in the law after the inward man. So keep hold of that. I I think that's important. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that inward man. There's an outward man. That's our flesh. But the inward man is what we're really concerned with. And the different voices, like I said, these are all the different voices that we're talking about that go on within ourselves. So we haven't even really got too deep into the demonic or even into God. When our flesh starts to take too much control, that is when it is demonically influenced. That is when you have temptation that is taking control and sin is birthed within you. So that is the war that is going on. God's trying to reach for you and your spirit wants to do after God. And the devil's trying to reach for you and your flesh is going after the voices of the devil. And we have to recognize that there is a war going on and how exactly that is going on. And like I said, all that knowledge that I talked about here throughout this portion, our flesh, our spirit and our soul. It's important to know that all this is going on within ourselves. That's just one voice. That's all one, not one voice, but that's all within ourselves. All these voices just within ourselves, our reasoning, our feelings, our flesh, our mind, the part of you that says, put that burger down your conscience, the part of you that says, turn that off. You know, that's not good for you. And even if you didn't even have the Holy Ghost, part of you just knows something's not right about that. That's your spirit. We have all these voices and that's not even accounting for anything else. You, you, you're fighting a lot of times you're even fighting with yourself. There's so much going on within yourself. So how do we fight in this battle? How do we become disciplined? Like I said, in this season, especially we're still going to be talking about discipleship. And when we get towards the end and I see, I'm barely even into my notes. So this is probably going to be a multi-part series of talk, talk, talk. But before, like I said, we can disciple others. We must make sure that we are being a disciple ourselves. That means a disciplined one, one that loves God, that one that is obedient. So having that radical obedience and that radical faith to follow God in the works and follow God and working after him, laboring after him in the way that he wants us to do we have to be disciplined and we have to know and have that knowledge. Now, you don't need knowledge from everything, but you do need the knowledge that comes out of the Bible. You do need the knowledge that comes from his word. So, like I said, it's important to meditate on his word. It's important. So you have know because some of us want to be disciples. And I've seen people with such zeal and such passion in the past. Some people who have more zeal and passion than people who are apostolics. I've seen some very passionate people, but when I talk to them and they've wanted to collaborate with me for ministry, they don't pray enough. They don't not when I say don't pray enough, they don't pray. They don't have a prayer life. They don't pray at all. Really? Now, I'm not saying, you know, they may pray for their food or something like that, but they don't pray. You have to pray. They don't know the word like that. They may know a couple of theological concepts, but they don't actually meditate on the word. And it's important to have knowledge of what's going on within us, knowledge of what's going on around us and knowledge of what is going on in the world and in the spirit. All of this is in the Bible. And when we become disciplined in that, we will have 
some discernment when it comes to discipling other people and we'll know what is going on within our lives. Now, we won't always know everything, but we should seek to know what God gave us. He gave us this big old word. He gave us plenty, plenty, plenty of word to study and to meditate on, and it will set us free. So, picking up in Galatians chapter 5, or chapter 6, verses 3 through 9, it talks about what is going on within the spirit and within our flesh. So, picking up at verse 3, it says the following, For a man think himself for if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially to them that are of the household of faith. Now, I just read one verse over, but this right here is describing, as I talked about, there's so many different voices within us. Nothing else, not another person, not another spirit, but within us alone. But we have to make a choice what we invest in. Even as a Christian, you getting the Holy Ghost isn't enough because you have to listen to the Holy Ghost. You going to church and getting baptized or confessing your faith, doing any of that stuff, it's not enough. You have to continually invest into your spirit. We talked about different ways you can invest into your spirit. The converting of the soul happens when you read the word. We talked about that last episode. So it is very important as we go ahead that we know what is going on within us. So I've read this part before because I wanted to talk a little bit about living by the Spirit and walking by the Spirit. So I've read this before, Galatians 5, because I wanted to emphasize that it is very important. God will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow. So now that we talked about that, we're going to talk about what it looks like when you are walking in the flesh and what it is like when you're walking in the spirit. So Galatians 5, 16 through 26 says the following. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. This is kind of having the same tone and attitude of the chapter of Romans that we just read earlier. So, but if ye would be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, so any sexual relations outside of marriage, or looking upon another person's spouse, or Anything like that. That's adultery. Fornication is any sexual relation out of marriage. Unclean cleanliness, lasciviousness without rules. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, reveling, so wild partying, and such the like of which, of the which I tell you before as I've also told you in time past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us 
not be desirous of vain glory. We talked about vanity this whole first premiere episode of this whole entire season. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. So we must walk by the spirit. We must not walk in vanity. If you walk in your flesh, you're going to be walking in vanity. So your spirit will lead you to the father, but your flesh will lead you to the father of this world. Now, God created the earth, but the Bible is very clear when it says Satan is the lowercase g God of this world. He rules this world. He rules the air. So it's very important that we're not too tuned into this world. It's very important that we learn to tune into the spirit. That's something we have to learn to do because, like I said, we naturally have a moral compass, but we also naturally are born with iniquity. We naturally, nobody has to teach us to be mean. Nobody has to teach us to lie. Kids naturally do that, but also kids naturally notice when something's wrong and they have to be taught and become desensitized into thinking something's right, right, that's wrong or something that is wrong is right. You have to become desensitized to that because as that starts to happen, your mind starts to break down, your soul starts to break down and you start to become held captive. We have to realize what is going on. We have to realize what we are investing in and see the direction that we're going. If we're indulging in any of those activities, I know one that was crazy for me. I know for me, I was like, you know, I'm going to crank up the music, even if it's, you know, so-called Christian music. And I say so-called because the lyrics of a song may be good, but if the beat makes you dance and get into your flesh in a certain way, there's certain, there's certain songs out there. If we're being honest, the words may be super edifying, but the spirit behind the music itself, I think it's interesting. And this is a whole side study. I believe that I talked about this in one of the past episodes. I want to say it was Unseen Things, which unfortunately, that is one of the lowest watched podcast episodes, but that was one of my favorite ones that was released. But in that one, I kind of go into depth about different unseen things and setting your atmosphere right for God. But as I was talking about in that episode, for example, your music, and this is just one way to feed your flesh, your hearing what you're hearing and what you're watching, these are affecting what's coming out of you. This is what you're sowing into. You may not ever fornicate, but if you're watching fornication, Romans tells you if you enjoy watching sin, if you enjoy listening to sin, and if you're listening to something, maybe they're not talking about sinning, but it makes you want to do things that you know aren't right. Or dance in a way that you know is ungodly and you want to begin reveling. Or you might start thinking about some of these different things that are fruits of the flesh. Then we want to reconsider that. As disciples, we must have an awareness of what is going on inside of us. And we must also submit to the spirit. Because it says it is by the spirit that we get love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, that's a different translation of the same thing. Temperance, when it mentions temperance in the King James, that is self-control. And if we're really honest, we can't fully control ourselves. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. This is the fruit of the spirit of God, not just of the spirit that is of us in our consciousness. This is the spirit of God. He gives us the ability to have self-control, but we have to submit to that. And not only do we have to submit to that, but when we submit to that, we have to mortify our flesh as Colossians will say in Colossians 3. It says you must mortify our flesh and set our mind on things above. Read Colossians 3. It's right there. I promise you. Set your mind on things above and mortify the flesh. That's the only way you can do it. You have to absolutely, utterly obliterate it. You have to get rid of it. You have to kill it. If there's a root and there's something springing up, you have to kill that too. You have to get rid of anything that is going to stimulate, overstimulate your flesh. Anything that is going to make you do something outside of the will of God, you have to get rid of that. And when you've crucified your flesh and its affections and its lusts, when you've crucified those impulses and you get that under control, 
then we can live in the spirit. If you are in Christ, they that are Christ have crucified their flesh. So sure, you may have gone to church. You may have confessed your faith and done this stuff, but you, it's, it says clearly here, they that are of Christ have crucified their flesh. So if your flesh isn't fully crucified, now, like I said, this doesn't mean that, you know, your intentions are bad. And this doesn't mean that, you know, you'll never struggle with any temptation, but you should not be struggling with the same sin over and over again. That means even if your heart is right, that there's somewhere sin is dwelling in you. There's somewhere where a door is open and there's a specific reason why that you keep falling into the same things. So we must do some introspection within us. Listen to and look and see who's speaking. Is this my heart speaking? Is this my mind speaking? Is this my flesh speaking? Is this my conscience speaking? And what does God say? Take all of that into captivity and to submit it unto God and say, okay, what does your word say? I know one thing that we all like to do as people, especially when you become a Christian, or even if you grew up in the church, you start watching a TV show and you see that character pop up that's a little crazy, or you know good and well that is not a character of God, and that's the main character in the show. And really, if we're really being honest, TV in general is not good because there's a character like that in every show, I promise you. There's a character, and I'm not just talking about homosexuality or like there's sin is sin, like I said, and we cannot enjoy and be entertained by people who partake in it. That's talking about that character that's drinking, that character that's cussing like a sailor. There's a show like that. There's a character like that in every single show. But like I said, as you start to see that character, even before there was a big move for all this sexual promiscuity, even way back, for example, I love what Mark Brown was saying about the Andy Griffith show and how he got convicted about that. And I suggest you watch that. He has a different podcast. I believe one of them was on a youth ministry podcast, but he talks about it multiple times about his previous media addiction, how he got over and how he mortified his flesh, even in the simplest thing like the Andy Griffith show. But I won't go too much into that, but, we, especially as seasoned Christians, should I say, quote unquote, seasoned Christians have this mindset of when we watch something, we know we hear that voice say, oh, shoot, there's that character. There's that sinful character. There's that character that just basically ruined the show. But then there's something within us. And I know because I was there. Something within you is like, I can handle it. I can handle it. I can watch this. This ain't going to affect me. This is not going to affect me. But what does Galatians 6 say? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he reap. You may not think any of that much about any of that in the moment. But as disciples, and <laughs> there's so much more. I've only got like a third of the way through the notes for this lesson. And I haven't even got to talking to God or to other people. But like I said, we're going to get there for the series, but we have to understand what are we doing? What are you doing? So ask yourself this. What, are, what am I doing? What are we doing? What are we listening to? Are we being guided by our hearts? Are we being guided by our minds? Are we being guided by our flesh? Or are we be being guided by the Holy Spirit? Are we being guided by God and his morality and his commandments and by his word that is life-giving? The only way to do that is if you're meditating on that word. That's where the conversion of the soul happens is by reading his word and by praying and communicating with him. So... Like I said, there's so much more that I want to talk about on this subject. And this is one of those podcasts I did not struggle at all. I barely even had to read the script for this one just because there's so much that I wanted to talk about on this subject. And even on this first part, just talking about us, our aspect of the talking and what is talking within us, not even talking to anyone else. This is all right here in the Bible. And there's so much more that even goes in talking about us. But like I said, we 
as disciples need to be disciplined. We need to submit and be humble and come to God. So as we continue on this journey, talking about talking, we're going to talk about hearing the voice of God and why you may not be hearing the voice of God and also different things that we need to do to hear. Now, obviously, you don't have to do anything to hear the voice of God. God can speak to you like he spoke to Saul. Saul was completely out of the will of God. But I'm talking about continually communing with him like we were designed to do. When you read in Genesis, that's what we were designed to do, to walk in the fear of God and the respect of God. But we fell away from that. So I don't want to go too long and go on too many tangents because I'll end up going into the next episode and we will have a three hour podcast. And I don't want to do that to you guys, even though some people may may want me to talk for three hours, but I'll just release those episodes and we will talk about those things. But before I end this podcast, I do want to pray as always, because prayer is powerful. So right now we pray. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. And I thank you for every person that is listening to you. But more more importantly, I'm thankful for the word that you've given us, the conversion of our souls that happens as we listen to you and as your light shines upon us through your word and through the knowledge of you. I thank you, Lord, for giving us revelation about what is going on within us and I thank you for your power that reconciles us back to you and reconciles us back to purpose. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't just be nonchalant disciples, but we will be disciples that are not just laboring, but are laboring in destiny, that are laboring in purpose, that are pressing into purpose and not just laboring. Lord, I pray that you would reveal anything that would prevent us from going into heaven. I pray, Lord, that you would uproot any fruit and any root of this flesh and that you would reveal it and that we would humbly accept your word and your light and your direction. Lord, I pray if there's anything within us that would make us to when we go to heaven and we hear that we would not hear you work of iniquity, even if we cast out devils and even if we do all these ministries. But I pray that we will walk and be a good and faithful servant and serving you the way that you want to be served and being obedient in even the littlest things, Lord. Obeying the things that you place upon our spirits and the different convictions. You said in your word that those convictions, if you gave us personally a conviction that we have to follow that. And I pray also, if somebody's conscience has been broken and seared, if anybody's mind has been become reprobate or become carnal, I pray that you would heal their mind and that you would soften every heart that is listening to this podcast and that you would lead us and guide us into better discipleship so that we would not only become better people and walk in accordance to you and put on your character, but that we would shine our light and faith and reach out to others. But I pray that everyone that has an ear would hear your word and everybody that have a have an eye would see what you want to communicate. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, like I said, I don't want to go too long, and I know I talked a lot about a lot of stuff. But the point is, I just want you guys to read about some of this and some of the different scriptures that I pulled up. I know there's so much I wanted to say, and there's so much more in the Bible that talks about this. But honestly, you can make a whole entire podcast just talking about what goes on on the internal. But I just want to encourage you guys to seek after God's will for your life and to seek and do some introspection. We had a whole whole podcast episode talking about revelation. Ask God for revelation in Ephesians chapter one. If you have to even go there or James one and five. If you lack any wisdom, God will give it to you. So I just want to encourage you guys to go in prayer and ask God, what am I being led by? Revelation is the ability to see. So as you pray for that, it's going to break any veil of deception in your life. And you will walk, begin to start walking in the purpose and walking with your path illuminated by God. So before I go into any more tangents, I just want you guys to just encourage you guys to continue reading, continue connecting. If you have any feedback, 
I would love to hear it. You can contact me at the page or leave a review. We don't have that many reviews, even though we have a lot of listeners. We have a bunch of listeners and consistent listeners. But if you have any questions, you can, of course, contact the, any of the Piscatos Words page. And you can definitely leave a review and we will be paying close attention to that. But other than that, stay tuned because we're going to keep talking about all these different things. The talk, talk, talk that goes on in everybody's lives. But until next time, God bless.